William Jennings Bryan Bryant was a politician in a state you're familiar with. And he was three times the Democratic nominee for President of the United States. But at the end of his life, he devoted himself to a religious phenomenon known as fundamentalism. And in Tennessee, a man was accused of violating the state law of teaching, this is, follows up nicely over after last week's sermon on science and religion, he taught something scandalous, he taught Darwin. And there was a law in Tennessee that said you could not teach any teaching that was contrary to the Bible. So Clarence Darrow was the defense attorney and what happened during the trial was even though uh, Williams Jenny Bryant won the case because they actually did teach evolution and the man Scopes was found guilty and, and fined $100, Clarence Darrow just cross-examined the heck out of William Jennings Bryant and humiliated him on the stand and it was a real setback for fundamentalism and the teachings of science and, and religion in America, and shortly after that, it was such a shock to Bryant that he died. In the play Inherit the Wind, the, the Baltimore Sun reporter, Hornbeck in the play that my wife played at our last church, goes up to the Clarence Darrow character and says, don't weep for him. That Bible-beating, Barnum-bunking blowhard you know, because he wouldn't have wept for you. And Hornbeck is an agnostic and just thinks the whole thing was a bunch of rubbish. And the Clarence Darrow character says, you know, a giant once lived in that body. But he looked for God too high up and too far away and got lost. A giant once lived in that body, but he looked for God too high up and too far away. Jesus' parable about the mustard seed is about as disturbing as any parable you're going to find. We don't understand it in the way that Jesus taught it. This is a tiny little seed, okay? And it grows into a shrub. And it's a weed. Pliny the Elder, who died about 79 AD when he's actually investigating Mount Vesuvius eruption, which is not a smart thing to do at any time in history, but anyway, records that mustard is, grows entirely wild. And that the problem with a mustard is that the minute it flowers and the seeds drop, they germinate immediately. Once you get mustard in the ground, it is almost impossible to get it out. Now it says that, and all the birds of the air came and, and, and they came and they found, they made nests in its branches. And we think that's wonderful. How many of you like to wake up and, and listen to birds? Isn't that a lovely way to wake up? It is a lovely way to wake up. <clears throat> How do farmers feel when the birds eat all their, their grain? If you are in a cultivated area, the last thing you want are birds eating all of your crops. 
Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven not to the mighty cedars of Lebanon, not to these great trees that are impressive and awe-inspiring, but to this shrub that's a weed that grows out of control. And in Leviticus, okay, I'm going to go to a Hebrew scholar. I'm going to put you on a spot. I've been nice to you for a long time. I, that's right. <laughs> but even, even before then, it was causing me physical pain. So in the, in the Torah, are you supposed to, to plant seeds of different varieties in the same field? I'm giving you a hint here. I'm helping you out. No, no. If you put mustard in your garden, you're going to have multiple seeds. You're already in violation of temple statutes. You need to be very careful. How many of you plant weeds in your gardens? How many of you love weeds in your garden? How many of you think the best thing you can do is cultivate those weeds right out of your garden, make sure that you're, they look beautiful? And, and that's sometimes what Jesus is saying we, we do with our lives. We make these be- things that are beautiful and they look so antiseptic. How many of you like the Harry Potter books? Okay, so Vernon Dursley, right? What was Vernon Dursley's house look like? His gardens were what? Immaculate. Okay? Manicured. They were manicured. Then he goes and visits his best friend Ron Weasley, who's a wizard. And their gardens are what? They're a disaster. There's just there's stuff growing everywhere. And Harry says, you know what? They're not as pretty, but I like it a lot more. It looks, you know, we, we, we make these gardens and we think, aren't they beautiful? And then you go out in nature and see what God has done and you think, oh my word, this is glorious. And it's full of weeds and it's full of all these things, and we think, how is this possible that we spend so much time cultivating this beautiful patch of land, and we just can't quite keep out, you know, the weeds? On our trip, we went to the Grand Canyon on the way back. We went to Zion National Park. We went to uh, Bryce Canyon. We went to Kolob Canyon, which we found out isn't truly a canyon because there actually isn't a river that formed it saw the hoodoos, and saw some of the most lovely and amazing scenery that I've ever seen in my entire life. If you haven't done it, it's, it's within a day's drive from here. See it. Go and do it. Because you can just, you, you're looking back thousands and millions of years, and it's easy to see God. And when we were in Colorado Springs, and there's Pikes Peak, 14,000 feet, it's easy to see God way up on the mountain. And it's easy to see God in the midst of all of the beauty and all of the glory. And yet, in my entire trip, probably the most profound moment was when on the last day we were at conference. The conference was over, and I was having breakfast with a... um, was he the upcoming president of the Fellowship of the United Methodist Music and Worship Arts? And 75 years old, probably. Famous organist in the United Methodist Church. Famous, 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 famous. His father was a United Methodist minister. His grandfather was a United Methodist minister. His father was very, very active in the civil rights. 
very active, very profound, but his father could not wrap his head around the fact that his son was gay. And he grew up his whole life in his father's disapproval. And his father's been gone a long time, and to this day, it haunts him. This was not something that was far away. This was not something up on a hill. This was something that he lived every day around the breakfast table. This was something right there. In the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is spread out across the world and you do not perceive it. You do not perceive it. He couldn't believe that in 15 years or 25 years that the Methodist Church had not done what the United Church of Christ had done and what the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America had done, the Presbyterians have done, you know, the Episcopalians of all people have done, which is recognize gay marriage, well, not gay marriage, but recognize gays in the church and in leadership. His own church, his own family, around his dinner table, around his breakfast cereal, never accepted him. And he said, tell me about your church. What's it like where you sit together and it just doesn't matter? It just doesn't tell me what that's like. I said, it's like the kingdom of God. It's like the kingdom of God. And I can tell you it's full of weeds. <laughs> and sometimes we think, boy, wouldn't it be good if we could just pluck that weed out? And sometimes I think God says, you know what, it's like the weeds, you can't get rid of them. There's a, there's a wonderful story about a woman who had dandelions. And she did everything she could to get rid of them, couldn't get rid of them. And finally contacted the, the U.S. government and, and whatever agent, proper agency, and they explained what she should do, and that didn't work. And they finally sent off an email, you know, we suggest you learn to love them. <laughs> you know, you, you haven't been able to get rid of them. You've done everything we told you to do. You just better learn to love them. Because they're there. And they're just, you know, they're beautiful. Sometimes God says, well, you know, I'm hiding in the weeds. I'm hiding in the weeds. Can you find me in the weeds? Can you let the weeds grow? You don't have to be super righteous. You don't have to be super pure. You have to open your heart to what is. To what is. And find me hiding in the weeds. Bill's father could not figure out a way to accept his own son. And it haunts his son to this day. And he looked at a person he'd met for five minutes and you, there, were, there were tears in his eyes and tell me what it's like to have that acceptance.
It's like the kingdom of God, which is the smallest of seeds. And it grows into a shrub. Not a mighty tree, but a shrub. And attracts all the birds that are going to eat all your other stuff. But you know what? They make their nests and they find a place. And you can't stop it. You can't stop it. And thanks be to God that you can't. Amen.